The reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 44, verses 9 to 20, which is page 693 in the Green Bibles. All who make idols are nothing, and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind, they are ignorant to their own shame. Who shapes a god and casts an idol which can profit nothing? People like that will be put to shame. Skilled workers are only human beings. Let them all come together and take their stand. They will be brought down to terror and shame. The blacksmith takes a tool and works with it in the coals. He shapes an idol with hammers. He forges it with the might of his arm. He gets hungry and loses his strength. He drinks no water and grows faint. The carpenter measures with a line and marks an outline with a marker. He roughs it out with chisels and marks it with compasses. He shapes it in human form, human form in all its glory that it may dwell in a shrine. He cut down cedars or perhaps took a cypress or oak. He let it grow among the trees of the forest or planted a pine and the rain made it grow. It is used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself He kindles a fire and bakes bread, but he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. Half of the wood he burns in the fire, over it he prepares his meal and he roasts his meat and eats his fill. He also warms himself and says, Ah, I am warm, I see the fire. From the rest he makes a god, his idol. He bows down to it and worships. He prays to it and says, Save me, you are my god. They know nothing. They understand nothing. Their eyes are plastered over so they cannot see, and their minds closed so they cannot understand. No one stops to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say, Half of it I used for fuel. I even baked bread over its coals. I roasted meat and I ate. Shall I make a detestable thing from what is left? Shall I bow down to a block of wood? Such people feed on ashes. A deluded heart misleads them. They cannot save themselves or say, is, this, is not this thing in my right hand a lie? This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Great, Justin, thank you very much for, for reading. I'd love it if you had um, that passage open. Isaiah 44, and as we sit, uh, a short word of prayer, asking God to bring these words alive to us today. Father, your word, Holy Scripture, is truth. It's bread for us to eat. It's your knowledge by which we live. And so we ask your spirit to be at work in our hearts and minds helping us to focus on what you're teaching us here so that we might grow more and more into the likeness of your son, that we might resist the lure of idols. We ask this so that our lives may glorify you. For Jesus' sake, amen. Amen. If you're uh, new or visiting us today, then you join us at the start of a little mini-series 
as we go on into summer. Um, over August, all the services here will be all age. There'll be crash provision, but there'll be shorter services and a number of guest preachers from amongst our number uh, will be working through the life of Joseph. Um, so that's through August. And then, as you see from the card, we'll be picking up in September. But just in the next three weeks, I want to look at this little uh, topic of idolatry. Strange topic to pick. Idolatry. I mean, they did that then. But surely not. Uh, surely not now. I wonder, let me put it like this. In the quieter moments, haha, if ever you get one or two of them, you sit and reflect and reflect upon your, your Christian life. Do you, like me, do you ever find yourself feeling that, well, you're kind of just going through the motions a bit. It's a bit of a plod, a little bit dry, a little bit arid, dull, uninspiring. It's just become a sort of pattern, a habit, not a bad habit, but... <sighs> Do you wish you were more effective in your Christian witness? Do you wish your life poured out more the reality of God and his power and his life and his joy? his sense of celebration, his peace and shalom. Do you wish you heard God more clearly when you pray to him for guidance or insight? Do you wish the Bible came alive when you opened its pages? It, it literally was as if it was feeding you, nourishing you, giving you energy. Actually, it's just, I don't know, a bit of a chore. Your, your mind wanders, at least mine does. And I ask myself, why is it that my life so often just seems a very, very, very dull, pale shadow to the reality that I read about? And I wonder to myself, am I an idolater? Am I practicing idolatry? By which I mean, am I allowing something or someone else to take God's place in my heart and in my life? Am I allowing something to have undue attention or status or value, undue worth-ship in my day-to-day -day pattern of living and thinking and being? The ancient Near East the peoples out of which Abram was called by God were polytheists. They worshipped all sorts of gods. And God revealed himself. The one true living God revealed himself to Abram. He said, I will, listen, I am the Lord. I will show you where to go. I will plant a people who will be distinct and unique from these polytheists. They will be monotheists. You will worship the one true living God. Read, uh, you, you kind of have to read a little bit, but through the prophets... Read sort of chunks. You'll find time and time and time again, the Lord repeats, I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord your God. I am the Lord. There is no other God but me. What did God say to Moses? We've got these verses on the screen, so you don't need to turn to them. But when he gave the ten words, there was first of all a reminder, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. These are all the things I've done for you. Now, First two things. First, no other gods. 
And linked to that, don't fashion or make an idol in my image. Don't attempt to make an idol that will replace me, your God. The God who has revealed himself to you in extraordinary and miraculous ways. And yet, it was Israel's greatest sin. Time and time again, the prophets, and here in the sort of forties of Isaiah, we're thick in it. God, time and time again, wanting to remind his errant people, I am the Lord. I've done all these things for you. Now, stop chasing false gods, false idols. Look at verse 8 of chapter 44, just before we came in on our reading today. At the top of the page, 693. You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No. There is no other rock. I know not one. All who make idols are nothing. And the things they treasure are worthless. Here's a question, just before I go on. Is God our only rock? As we think about going to work tomorrow, as we think about the trials and tests that we might face in the next few days and weeks, on whom will we rely? See, one of the gods that we, it's so endemic, we probably don't even realize we serve this God, is the God of consumer choice. It's everywhere. And it impacts our spirituality. So we think, well, I'll, I'll worship the Lord, but just in case the Lord's asleep or having an off day, or, you know, I'll, uh, I'll just rack up one or two other alternative options as well. I have a right to consumer choice. I'll buy into other options. I wonder. You are my witnesses, God says. Is there any God besides me? No. There's no other rock on which to found my life. What is an idol? An idol is basically a human construction. Do not make. You shall not make for yourself an idol. Or look at verse 9 of Isaiah 44. All who make idols are nothing. Look at verse 10. Who shapes a god and casts an idol? An idol is man-made. It's a human construction seeking to portray in some way, shape, or form power or prestige or influence. It, it sort of, it, it touts for our attention. It's made in that way. An idol is something or someone taken out of its immediate context, refashioned, and then given worth-ship. A little bit of leather, a little bit of gold or silver, some metal, one or two bits of plastic. Net cost, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 pounds. Taken out of their context, the raw materials, and refashioned so that there's a clock face and little hands and the leather is a strap and we put it on our wrist and we give it a name, Rolex, and suddenly it's not worth 10 or 12 pounds, it's worth hundreds. We've raised its value by refashioning it. And so we wear it proudly on our wrist because we want its enhanced status that we've given it to reflect back on us. 
Ooh, is that the time? <laughs> we do the same with cloth. We just take a bit of cloth, but we refashion it. We give it a name. We brand it, and we wear it proudly. Or just a lump of steel, metal, rubber, plastic. What's it worth? I don't know, just a few hundred pounds, a thousand pounds at most. But when we make it into a certain shape and put the name Porsche on the end of it, oh, <laughs> and we want it to reflect back on us to make us look good. Look at verse 13. The carpenter measures with a line and marks out with a marker. He roughs it out with chisel, marks it with a compass. He shapes it in human form, human form in all its glory, that it might dwell in a shrine. <laughs> and the prophet is wanting to say, how pathetic. Look at verse 15. This same wood, it's used as fuel for burning. Some of it he takes and warms himself. He kindles a fire, bakes bread. But he also fashions a god and worships it. He makes an idol and bows down to it. What is an idol? Well, it's basically the object of misdirected worship. A, a, a carpenter takes a bit of wood, half the wood, I mean, you know, stand back from this, get perspective, half the wood he just burns just so that he can cook his evening meal. It, it, you know, it's destroyed. So it does with half, but with the very same bit of wood, the other half, he, he makes into an idol and then he worships it. What? Exactly the same raw material, one's destroyed, one suddenly has this power over him. Does that, does that make reasonable sense? It's misdirected worship. Look at the impact. Just over the page, chapter 46. And verse 6, reading from verse 6. Some pour out gold from their bags and weigh out silver on the scales. They hire a goldsmith to make it into a god and they bow down and worship it. They lift it on their shoulders and carry it. They set it in its place, and there it stands. And from that spot, it cannot move. Though people cry out to it, it, it does not answer. It cannot save them from their troubles. Remember this. Keep it in mind. Take it to heart, you rebels. Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there's no other. I am God. There's none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose will stand. I will do all that I please. Idolatry. How does it look to God? Created the heavens and the earth, who made us as the pinnacle of creation to devote ourselves to him. And he looks down and sees us fashioning Bits of metal and bits of wood and, and giving worship to them, dumb idols that stand still. Can't move, can't speak, don't have life. What's an idol? It's misdirected worship. Well, it's just a lump of metal, there's a bit of clothing, it's a wooden statue, it's harmless, isn't it? No. We, we, we need to take the message of Scripture really really seriously. It's, it's not harmless. What is the impact of idolatry? What do idols do to us if we allow them? They dehumanize us. They reduce us. Here's how it works. We've been made to worship. Picture it like this. Inside each and every one of us is a magnet. And that magnet draws us to something or someone else. Now the magnet was placed there by God. 
And the intention is that we are drawn to him, the source of all being, the source of all life. You see, it's true that you become what you worship. So if I set my mind on worshipping God and God alone, the one true living God, my, my inner magnet, if you like, is drawn to him, the source of life. I become even more alive. Do you remember Jesus? I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of connecting you to the magnet. But if I allow the internal magnet to be drawn to an inanimate object, a lump of metal, a piece of cloth, whatever it might be, or anyone who is not the source of life, then as I become what I worship, I become deadened, reduced, dehumanized. Let's see it played out. Look at verse 12 of Isaiah 44, talking about the blacksmith. He takes a tool and works with it in the coals. He shapes an idol with hammers. He forges it with the might of his arm. But look what happens. He gets hungry and loses his strength. He's so busy creating these idols, he gets thirsty, drinks no water, grows faint. It it, it robs him of the strength he's meant to have. He's wasting his time making some worthless image. Or the carpenter. Look what happens as a result of the carpenter making this idol that's uh, in the end, verse 17. You know, he prays to this wooden block. Save me, you are my God. Well, look, it affects his eyes, verse 18. They're plastered over. He cannot see reality. He can't see what he's doing. Hang on. Same bit of wood. One I burn and the other I've made of God. He doesn't see it. Verse 19, he doesn't stop to think. No one has the knowledge or understanding to say. Why? Well, because he's allowed his magnet to be attached to a block of wood. It's it's about as useful as this. That's what he's become. Can't see, can't think. His heart misleads him, verse 20. Enslaved. Enslaved. Verse 9, all who make idols are nothing, and the things they treasure are worthless. Those who would speak up for them are blind. It's true. We become what we worship, and as we allow idols to infect and affect our worship, we become desensitized, dehumanized, humanized rather, reduced in God's eyes. Yeah, but Tim, this is sort of, you know, this is the Old Testament. You know, back then. We've, I mean, we've you know, grown up since then, the scientific revolution, the Enlightenment. We're, we're in the 21st century. We're not... You know, we're millennia on from these guys. I want to confess to you, when someone gave me the keys to an idol, <laughs> it wasn't an idol. I don't think this guy idolized his Porsche 911. And I wasn't going to for long either. But he did just say to me, when we were living in Bristol, he said, do you fancy a drive? It was a sunny day, it was a soft top, and the, and the roof was down, and I just thought, no, it's all right, I'll go buy a bike. No, I, I didn't. I, I thought, I can't resist it. I'm not a great petrol head, uh, but I thought, I'm probably never going to get the opportunity to be behind the wheels of a Porsche again. So I thought, I'll take this opportunity. Now, I honestly thought, I'll just have a little drive. You know, hey, we, at the time, we had a Vauxhall Astra. I loved it. Vauxhall Astra. You know, the windows, you down like that. Had central locking, which is if you sat in the center of the car, you could lock 
all the doors like that. But I was absolutely fine with the Vauxhall Astra. I didn't want a Porsche. Otherwise, I'd have a little drive. It won't affect me. That was really interesting. It was really interesting what just, I think it was about 15 minutes, I just had a little poodle around Clifton where we lived. It was really interesting what happened. Because there I am in this lump of metal that's been afforded status. And because I'm sitting behind the wheels of it, I'm at the controls, it's beginning to, hey, I'm the one driving this thing now. Guess what happened? I wanted someone to see me. I started driving quite slowly along the streets where I live. I'm in this thing with a sort of tiger in the tanks, but no, just, just creeping along. And I, I, you know, I didn't want to crash the thing. <laughs> uh, so I was driving together, but I was sort of, you know, just, please, a neighbour, a friend, someone. I just wanted some... And I, I didn't want them to think, hey, Tim owns a Porsche. It, I mean, you know, that's, that's too... Just, just that I know someone who owns a Porsche. Huh. Get me. And suddenly my sense of self-worth, my significance, my security, I can feel it. I can feel the draw of being, hey, look, look how you can place Tim amongst the Porsche drivers of the land. They have a power, that, that lump of metal. It has a power if I allow it to, if I allow my magnet to be drawn Uh, is that the picture? We idolise today. I came across... Oh, is it going to come up? There we are. That was on a... Just the other side of the Wandsworth Bridge Road. It was on a hoarding a little while ago. But not too long ago. It's an Audi, actually. But underneath, if you can't quite see it, the writing's quite small. It's just some arrows, and it says, Worship here. <laughs> the 21st century altar. Possessions. You can choose to be seen in this way by others. Look at how this will enhance you. Increase your status. An idol. It blinds us. It dehumanizes us. It robs us of our true humanity in God's image. Just look with me as I finish at chapter 46 again and verse 1. Here the prophet is railing against these gods, Bel and Nebo of Babylon. Bel bows down, he, will, he pr predicts and prophesies. Nebo stoops low. Their idols are borne by beasts of burden. The images that are carried about are burdensome, a burden for the weary. It's interesting, isn't it? They, these idols that hold out so much promise actually become a, a burden to us. They weigh us down. And look, by contrast, verse 3 at what the Lord says. Listen to me, house of Jacob, all the remnant of the house of Israel, you whom I've upheld since your birth and have carried since you were born. Idols and idolatry presses in and reduces us and weighs us down. But the Lord, he is the one who in Christ lifts us up. He is the one who carries us. He's the one who gives us ultimate worth and status. That's why the call to the Christian church in the 21st century, as in any century, the call to our church now, amid a culture that is riddled with idols, and I'm going to explore more of this next week, the call to the church is to worship the one true living God, to set your magnet to fix on him so that you can see 
and have understanding and a clear heart that knows that there is one Lord who sustains and carries us. And the byproduct is that worthless idols are seen for what they are, dumb, inanimate objects that can't speak or move. Amen.